0: welcome to the latest episode of the keeping pace podcast i'm your host mike moreau today's guest is matthew cable matthew is a chicagoland native who moved out to boulder for a change of scenery and to chase his running goals matthew has some big goals coming up for the upcoming tokyo marathon enjoy the journey from matthew's start and how he got inspired to start running to his big future goals of seeing what happens when you go all in on running enjoy the conversation and enjoy getting to know matthew cable Hey Matt how's it going thanks uh I know you just mentioned this but thanks again for taking time out of your night to to join me
1: sure absolutely happy Friday uh i'm I'm doing well uh how are you doing this evening
0: doing pretty well it's you know I got a chance to record uh another podcast about an hour ago a podcast interview about an hour ago and you know now I'm happy to talk with you It's nice to get these done while like I'm on a break because you know this is mostly just for fun. <laughs>
1: yeah no absolutely absolutely
0: but uh yeah what's what's been going on i i haven't seen you since was it 13.1 was that the last time i saw you in chicago
1: oh gosh yeah i guess that was back in june i think i saw you like just before the corrals um yes, I think, like i think the briefly. fleet feet tent the fleet feet tent was like just before the you know the a through h or whatever the corrals so um yeah no it's been good i I actually moved to colorado back in i guess a year ago in january so um it's it's hard for me like not to come back just because my family is based off in chicago and that was the you know that was the inaugural 13.1 so I, i wanted to see how it was and it was great to have a race finally on the west side of the city um and then yeah just it was like my first race after i guess i did shamrock back in march but Things have been going well. I uh, after thirteen point one, I raced uh, Chicago. Well, I raced half of it, and then I did Indianapolis in November, the full. And then now I'm currently uh, in the midst of training for Tokyo. So that's just over eight weeks away. Um, right into the thick of it at this point.
0: Oh, that's what it is. I don't. I don't know why. I guess I just thought it was Houston because Houston's coming up, and that was top sure. of mind. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I know that race is super fast and I have a couple of teammates um, that are actually racing it next weekend. So we'll see how they do.
0: Nice. Well, you know, since you mentioned Colorado, look, we'll jump into some other things later, but what, what, what prompted the move out there?
1: Sure. So maybe uh, I guess I'll give a little bit of backstory. Um, I've lived in Chicago, like basically my whole life. Uh, well, the Southwest suburbs of Kalis Heights. But I went to school and I went to DePaul in in downtown. um, And like through COVID just stuck inside, I was just ready for something different. Um, One of my cousins, Leslie lives out here and she invited me for a week trip. And there's a certain highway that you take to get into Boulder uh, called 36. And then you crest over this hill and just the mountain range opens up. And then I was like, Oh, okay. I, I understand why people like moving here. <laughs> so once I saw that and we went on our first hike, uh, the, I guess the idea got planted. I think I want to move here. Um, and I guess I, ma- I made it happen within three months. So I, I visited in September of 21 and then I moved in January of 22. So.
0: Yeah, that's pretty quick. Uh, I assume you, like, what do you do? For, I don't, what do you do for work? Is it like something you can do remote that, you know, allowed the move to be pretty quick?
1: Yeah. So I work um, at an RIA, um, so just investment advisory, and so I'm an accountant within within their finance team. So we actually have an office here in Denver, our, our main base is in Chicago, and so it actually made it pretty seamless in terms of at least not having to worry about oh god, am I going to be able to find a job out there? Uh, just like just dealing with the stress of moving versus hey, will I have a paycheck when I move over there? So, um, my team or my boss was really, um, he was really encouraging in terms of, Hey, we've been, you know, in lockdown for so long, you've been showing that you can be productive. Why, why wouldn't we want to support you if you want to go out there and we have an office. So it kind of works out.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That all came together. Sounds like, you know, you're lucky to have a good boss.
1: Yeah. You can say that again. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay.
0: So, you know, we'll get back into, we'll get back into running and, you know, sure. Some, you know, I, I was like, I asked this question kind of early in the podcast for most people. And I like to ask, yeah. uh, you know, how did you get your start with running and, you know, what sparked your interest in it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, when I was younger, um, let's see, I have an older brother, uh, Justin, I would say he's like, main contributing factor of just a role model in terms of just, he's my older brother and I always saw him like shine in athletics. And so I always looked up to him and what he did. And so um, I know one of your questions is, did you guys do anything else other than just running? And we'll get into that later, but um, he uh, ran freshman year um, cross country and I'm four years younger than him. So probably seventh grade, sixth grade. Um, and so that was the first time, you know, I ever heard of cross country. Why would you ever want to run more than, you know, a mile? I don't know <laughs> back then. And so, you know, on a Saturday morning, it was the first time I, my parents and I went out to his first meet and all of a sudden you see, you know, a drove of, uh, I, I guess teenagers running in a single direction. And it reminded me of like Braveheart or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so I I told myself I want to at least try something like this. Um, If it's not cross country, it's track. And um, so I had that kind of idea planted in my head for a bit. And, you know, I started running in junior high, and, you know, it's just, for fun and participation. You're just running a couple laps around the park. But, um, I feel like, like my true, like real running started in high school. And so I went out to like a cross country practice, not even to participate, just to see what it would be like. And they're like, okay, yeah, the the normal route is four miles. This is an easy day. And I'm like, that that is way too long. I'm not doing cross country. <laughs> so I, I, I totally, uh, I didn't quit, but I just didn't, I didn't do it. Right? So, I was like, I'll just wait till track in the spring. Um, and from there, uh, the, the cross country coach was the same as uh, the distance coach for track. So, shocker when the first practice is, okay, you have to run four miles. And I was like, well, I, you know, this is what I want to do. I might as well just give it a shot. And um, just kind of fell in love with it from there. Like, slowly over time, um, you know, the body just gets used to what you're asking it. And each day is like, Oh my gosh, I ran four miles today. And then, you know, that bumps up to five to six and you're just amazed like every week. Oh my gosh, like mom, dad, like this is what I did. And like, they're you know, they're always encouraging. Oh oh my gosh, that's so far. How how do you do such things? And so, and then of course there's racing and then all the teammates and friends you get to make. But I would say it started in, in high school for sure.
0: It's, so when so with this first cross country practice did you did they send something out like, like saying hey be ready to run for or you just showed up and they were like oh yeah we, you have to run 4 miles
1: uh i feel like um cross country is one of those things where people don't know what they're getting themselves into and maybe my coach back then he's i think he's still the cross country coach now coach walker um he doesn't want to shock the people that are joining because you know running is not really the most sexy or <laughs> or glamorized sport at least when you're in high school right you want to people are i feel like if, if your school has basketball or soccer or football those are the sports people kind of funnel into not running so i think it's more of just like a he breaks it up like oh we're just going to warm up to um the forest reserve which is like a mile away and then we run a lap around the forest preserve which is another mile and then you run and then you run back or if he thinks you can run another lap you do two laps around the forest preserve and then you come back so i feel like it's more so like segmenting the distance for you know we're 11 11 i sorry um i guess freshman. i guess 13 through 18 like it, it's just a lot to ask for people that have never ran before because we didn't have cross country or um in junior high at least the district that I was in
0: okay that's that's a little better I was just thinking like how I would you know how I would do it as a coach because you know I I don't know if you know this but I, I coach I coach cross and right you know I yep. coach at a school where uh, you know unf- unfortunately like the kids aren't as serious sometimes as other kids now, now granted we do have like serious kids but we're like a much I don't know how big of a high school you we went to but this you know we have like 15 to 20 kids on a team so it's tough when like yeah three of them are serious runners and the rest are just like oh yeah we just showed up today
1: (laughs) yeah no no absolutely i feel like there's a certain point where the athlete has to buy in into like the program or at least what you're trying to do and that i mean you're not going to be able to get everyone to join Uh, maybe it's just something their parents wanted them to do or um they couldn't get onto basketball. I don't, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I would say our team had about 30 kids, 30 to 35 kids. And so I'm sure, you know, this, like just trying to keep your kids healthy because you know, you need to be able to score, right. Having as many kids that can race as possible. But, um, and if you build up too quickly, you know, no one's going to be able to race. So that's, that's the tough part.
0: Yeah, that is definitely the tough part, but you know, it it ends up working out because like you said, keeping kids healthy is the the most important thing. So it's, it's nice to, if you're just patient and just, you know, let them grow as the season moves along.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Um, yeah. So it, so it sounds like it was like kind of like a slow, a slow interest into, you know, into running after, you know, you know, having that image of seeing those kids, you know, start race, which is like one of my favorite things about, you know, cross country is like seeing that, that image of just like people racing out there. So, you know, I can see how that, that, you know, inspired you to get, to get going.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's still, if I watch a race, a cross race, it still gives me like goosebumps sometimes. Cause I'm just like, oh, I, I miss doing such things just because I didn't, um, I guess you can, you can do cross country races out here in Colorado, but I feel like once you're, if you have the privilege to run college, um, your cross days are pretty much over unless you find some kind of club event.
0: Um, So what kind of happened after your interest started growing? Like what, what drove you and what drove you in high school and what, you know, what build, what kept the interest building?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's just uh, one. I, I enjoyed pushing myself and just seeing the progress of, okay, um, we have X amount of races in a season. Um, let's just see what happens within the first week. And so, sorry, the first couple months. So, you know, there's indoor season, which goes through, I think March, and then the outdoor season is the last couple months of the school year. And so, you know, I remember my, my freshman year, my first race ever indoor, like, um, I was in the mile, and I've never broken six minutes in the mile before. And I had my teammates, um, running with me that I was training with for, I mean, a couple months now, like one, one to two months. And you just like build that camaraderie and we were racing together. And then, you know, we don't, we weren't using watches back then. You're just racing. You're just seeing the, the lap counter slowly go down. And we, you know, we finish. And then, you know, our coach is like, you guys just ran a 544. And I was like, holy cow. Like what is that? Um, Just because the training is so different from, you know, what you run in junior high. Um, Like there's no specific workouts. It's just getting participation. But now that um, the focus is more centered, it's like, no, like you follow this training plan and you're going to see results. And I'm sure you know this too, when like the beginning, like the beginner results. So like you get the gains very, very quickly once you start investing yourself into whatever pursuit. And then, the tough part is when you start plateauing and trying to like break that ceiling to get to the next quote unquote level. Right. So I think this like continuous shared hardship that I had with my teammates, especially seeing the seniors, right. So when I'm a freshman, I'm looking up, Oh wow. Like I can see, wow. Um, uh, what is that guy's name? Mike Prokop just broke 10 minutes in the two mile. And I'm like, how the heck can you run under five minutes? Or basically 5 minute pace for 2 miles. I can't even do that for one. And so you know, you start getting ideas of, oh well, maybe if they can do that, why can't I if I keep training hard enough and just be consistent. So, I think, you know, showing up for your teammates and just having a like having a blast, honestly, um and then like just racing together. I think those are uh, like a combination of things I just fell in love with on a seasonal basis, annual basis until my season until my senior year. So I know that's
0: a lot. <laughs> no, it, it completely makes sense and it's it's so interesting to think about because it seems like you thought about it from a very young age and I feel like a lot of kids and really just people in general just kind of see you know track and cross country as very individual sports. So it was very it was very cool to see you address it from the team side of things.
1: Oh. Yeah, honestly, Mike, one of my favorite races, um, is like the four by eight, so four hundred four by 800 meter relay, which is, um, you know, you got four people racing two laps each. And so one leg is just as important as the other. And just seeing, you know, waiting for your teammate to give you the baton and you know, who's going to be the anchor leg and like strategizing against other teammates for like during the conference meet. Cause I, you know, that's like the big thing you got to win conference. And so, uh, during those times, it's like, who are the Titans, you know, of the other schools that you want to take down or how, how can we strategize within the race to beat these people? Because like, as just as much as we're con- like concerned about the distance events, like we need our sprinters to do just as well. And it was great to see, like, they don't know us that well, like in terms of like the sprinters, but you know, when it's the mile, cause that's like close to the last um, race of the meat and like the four by four, like they're cheering for you just as hard as your teammates that you tr- run with on a you know daily basis. So I, I love that part.
0: Yeah. I, it is that, that camaraderie there. Cause you know, you're right. Cause you know, the sprint, you know, during practices, you know, you don't really see each other and each, each group is con- kind of complaining. Oh, like they did this workout today. They did that one. That one was way easier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 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 No, absolutely.
0: Um, okay. And then, so keep, you know, tell me a little bit more about your progression through high school. Did you, you know, as you got better, what made you, did, did you keep running? Did you run at the ball? Like, so kind of tell me like the next step. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I just want to like put, put in a quote really quick. Um, my coach, I, it's not going to be verbatim, but my coach Walker, uh, he was like during one of the, like towards the end of a, a practice or the season, he would say, this might be like the fittest you guys could ever be in your entire lives. Right. So just like remember the kinds of hardships and the battles that you've gone through as a team. And trust me, you're probably going to look back on these moments like for the rest of your life. And I'm sure like, maybe you can tell like how I'm talking about it. that still sticks in my head. Right. So like, um, I really enjoyed running with my friends. Um, I felt like the progress, if you're asking about the progression, right. Um, I started my freshman year with a 544 mile and then my senior year, it was, um, a 444. Um, and then in cross, uh, what is it? The three, we didn't run the five, we don't run the 5k in Illinois, right? We run the three mile.
0: Yeah. Um, Most, most races are three, some are five, which I think is very silly.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, and so the, that progression was, uh, 20 minutes um, for the three mile all the way down to 1610, which is um roughly 520 per mile. If I'm doing that, yep. So, like, a pretty big jump in terms of just like the progression. And I was, you know, the number five guy on our team, so I was actually very blessed to be amongst other teammates that we just had depth. Um, and so that was that was great, and um. When you're asking if I ran up to Paul, no, I, I did not. Unfortunately, I, had, I looked at like the walk-on times and I got intimidated, just because they were so much beyond what I thought I could do at the time. Um, and so I honestly, I, I lay dormant for four years. Um, and like after a, a really bad breakup with a long-term partner, I, I turned to running to like um, cope with that situation. And then that's how I got into marathon running. So, a few days after I graduated college in 2017, um, I signed up for the Chicago Marathon. Uh, so, from May to October was my like couch to marathon. <laughs>
0: that's you know, oh, I God. it's it's pretty interesting. Like I've heard that that story so often. It seems like you know, traumatic events are like sad events. Like brought people back to things they took a break from or, or help them start, start back up again.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, instead of, um, lamenting and wishing something was different, you just pour your energy into something else that I, I thoroughly, you know, would make me smile and made me enjoy. So why not try something like that? And it's funny because during our cross country season, um, one of our meets, the De La Salle meet is on the lakefront. And so the top guys would run, um, you know, four miles to the, uh, what is that called? The McCormick place, the expo right on marathon weekend. And so we, we go to the expo and we would just like goof off and, uh, excuse me, we goof off and just like wonder how are these people running 26 miles when like, I think we're about to puke after running three as hard as you can, like, there's no way, like I'm going to do this ever in the future. And I remember thinking that as like, you know, a 17, 18 year old, like, why would you ever want to do something like this? And then like, that's the first event that I look towards because I just wanted something big to chase or just like big to conquer. Um, and so looking back at it now, it's funny, just like how we looked at it then. And then like, Oh yeah. If someone asks like, what is your event? I'm like, Oh, the marathon. And just like, that's, it's so odd. like, it comes like full circle, I guess. And so, um, Yeah, it was just getting used to running again, like May through, um, October I I ran, what is that the rock and roll half? That was my first half ever in July. Um, and I hated it. (laughs) I I hated it. Um, everything past, I don't know, the 10 K I said, this race is way too long. Um, and, and this is before, you know, super shoes were out. And so I was wearing like racing flats. And so you know, I had giant blisters by the end, and um, I, I thought to myself, "There's there's no way I'm going to be able to, fin- to do this twice," because I, I was absolutely spent by the time that I finished. So, um, yeah, I, I I was just kind of actually deflated <laughs> after the first half that I did, but um, just kept on training. Uh, th- this is when uh, Nike Run Club was kind of on its last hurrah in 2017. So. Um, I reached out to one of my good friends now, Mike Brown. He was uh, a pacer for Nike run club. And I was able to meet, uh, let's see, Charles Gonzalez, Craig Taylor, um, coach worm, coach Robin, who's like the head of edge now. Um, but back then, you know, they're just training. They're just helping with Nike. Right. So um, I was, going with them on Tuesday nights for workouts, uh, on the North side by Lincoln park uh, not by Lincoln park. Um, gosh, where's that Bucktown on um, the 606. And then we would do Saturday long runs. And the furthest I ever ran was before the half was like 10 miles. So like, I, I guess marathon training reminded me of how I was like my freshman year of high school of like, Oh, I just ran 14 miles. I ran 17 miles. Like, this is amazing that your body can do something like that. And let's just see what happens.
0: So, you know, after like, hearing all of hearing that and, you know, hearing how you, you're, you know, you kind of quickly, you know, reignited your passion with running. What brought on like just not running in college that much?
1: Uh, <laughs> so this actually, um, Mike, when you have a partner that doesn't support what you want to do, Um, It's kind of hard to pursue things that make you happy because, you know, oh, like you're, you know, you're too skinny, you're too small. Why don't you just lift? And like, it's hard uh, being, uh, I guess like not defying that, but just back then I was very submissive in that case. And, you know, I just started lifting weights instead of, you know, running miles. So I'm sure maybe now you can connect the dots as to why I, it came back the way I did, um, just because it's like, well, this is this is the sport that made me feel the most strong, and like I, I, there's a lot of things I feel like we can't really control in this life, but if when I'm running and I'm in shape, or if you hit that runner's high right, like there's very few things that I can think of that make me feel better than that. So um, that's my my main reason <laughs> or answer to your question
0: it's so it's it's interesting you mentioned that because i was you know i just said i i just talked to another one of my friends jordan who you know know, works with me at ces and he said at one point he was also dating somebody who like didn't support his running and you know apparently she asked she asked him like what would he be without running and i was like that's I, i don't know to me it's like why i don't know it's just easy to just try and support your partner's passion. That's that's what I think. But but I can see how like, no, if you really care for somebody, like, you know, you kind of like just kind of go along with their thoughts, you know.
1: Sure. Yeah. For I mean, sometimes at the detriment of your own sanity, right? Like, right. yeah. Um, unfortunately. So I mean, those are things like you just learn along the way that, that okay, for next time, um, whoever I meet, uh, they just have to be, you know, actually supportive and what they want to do. And honestly Uh, one of the things was, um, my mom has always told me that success is the greatest revenge. And it's not like I ever talked to this person ever again afterwards, but, um, uh, I'll, I'll tell you like how my first marathon went. And I, I I know I'm like, Oh, well, you think I was bad? Like, I I don't think so. (laughs) Like, I, I don't know, not to, not to say that time means everything, but just like what can happen if you just like commit yourself. So I, I just wanted to prove, part of me wanted to just prove her wrong that, you know, I, if I apply myself, like, no, I'm not just like some average person. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. No, I get that. But, you know, you also want to do, I, you also definitely want to do it in a healthy way. It, it sounds like you, sounds like you did and you, oh. did, you did fairly well.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it was good. I, I um, no, I, I enjoyed it, I think. My first marathon. So how do I say this? In um in July, right? The rock and roll half. Um I my goal was to break 130, right? So that's um 652 pace per mile. And I I barely broke it. It was like high 129. And so, you know, after that, I, some like there's my teammates on uh, Nike run club were just saying, like, Anthony, why don't you just try to BQ? I'm like, what the heck is that? I, I just want to finish the race. Oh, it's the Boston Marathon. You haven't heard of the Boston Marathon? I'm like, no, not really. I mean, um, I, I, I mean, the way you guys are talking about it, it sounds pretty special. But um, I'm just trying to finish. And so, in my head, I'm like, okay, maybe if I run like a 3:15 or a 3:20, and then um, one of the coaches at Nike was like oh we're getting a team like uh, some runners together like four to five people to meet up in the corrals in chicago um and then we're going to run together and we're going to aim for three hours and i thought that goal was like absolutely ridiculous because if i couldn't barely finish 13.1 at that pace how are you going to expect, expect me to do it twice but um yeah no i mean i'm sure i know you you've ran chicago um and you know the first 15 is like a parade and i i still have really fond memories of that that race just because it's the first one um and then you know you reach united center and greek town and it's a little a little more a little bare compared to you know the first part and maybe that's just because the adrenaline has worn off and you're just like oh god i'm in a marathon and i've never raced i've never gone at this effort for this long Starting to get a little bit tired. <laughs> right. So and then uh, back then you only we only ran 120 mile or once. And so that whole part of um after I guess before Chinatown and beyond, that was totally unknown to me. And so I, I did like hit my wall back then. Um and so, but you know, the first half we ran a 131 and I we felt great. And then and the second half, I was actually able to negative split really hard and I ran a 127. So I, I finished with a, a 258. And that was like the validation that it's like, okay, like you enjoyed this process so much. And like the rush is now over. What do you want to do with it now? Like you can, uh, I don't know, it just felt like the, like you just like open the door and you're wondering, okay, where do you want to go? Because if you were able to train for 5 months and this is the result um like what else can you do so yeah that was my first race
0: that sounds awesome and it's you know it's it's very interesting cuz i don't know like sometimes like i remember after my first half <laughs> i did, i know i didn't have a a great half but i think i did you know, pretty well for my first time, I was like, how do people run further than this? <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, exactly. This exactly. Is am- I was like, that's amazing. Like people have to double this distance. And then, you know, here I am now, you know, I've run a lot of halves and a lot of marathons. And I'm just like, I, I'd still amazes me that I got to this point.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I think sometimes, you know, my dad commutes, um, into the city and from the suburbs, and he's like, you know, that's about twenty-five miles. So just imagine running from home, just a little bit past my work uh, at the Chicago Tribune, and I'm like, that just sounds ridiculous. Like running on the Dan Ryan. <laughs> like, why? Why is that? Why is that even a distance to race? Because that just seems dumb. But um, yeah, that's that's what we choose to do, and you know, thousands of people pay to (laughs) put themselves through pain. So, um, and you know, for the banana. So I, I I get it. We're just, we're just, (laughs) 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 um, but yeah, no, that was like my first, uh, my first marathon. Um, and yeah, I'll always look back at it and just like, yeah, you did that. You should, you should be proud of that. So, so, so after that, you know,
0: what were your what were your next steps? Like you're like, okay, I know I can do this. And so what was what was next for you?
1: Sure. And so, you know, at that time, I think the age for Boston was 305, like it's like 18 through I think 33 or 34. Um and so when I ran 258, I was like, I hope that's enough of a buffer. Um, because I know in recent years there hasn't been any buffer right like if you hit the time excuse me you can get in but like if I was going to go for that I I wanted to do it so um, I think yeah I wanted to run Boston since that was like a big goal that everyone has um, brought up and I was like oh okay these are like world majors I didn't even know that was a thing and so okay, like maybe I can try to get into New York. Maybe I can use this as a way to travel and go to places I've never been before. And so um, from there, I ran F3 for the first time in 2018. Um, And then I I ran a a 119. And so like I jumped my PR like by 10 minutes, which absolutely like blew my mind. So it's like, okay, like this is working whatever you're doing is working. Like, let's just keep following that. And there was one moment, I think in the summer that I ran at waterfall Glen, um, which is a nice like crushed gravel nine and a half, like nine and a quarter mile loop. um, in the, like the West burbs of Chicago. And so uh, there was a group running the opposite direction. And I was like, wow, they look really good. Like, I wonder if I could, run with them sometime. Um, And so I remember one of the runners that was on that team actually trained with me and with the Nike team, like the year prior. And so his name's Angelo Robinson. So I reached out to him and he's like, Oh yeah, this is second city track club. We meet on the North side at Montrose track. And then we do long runs based on the lakefront um, or in Elmhurst. So I joined that team in 28, like the summer of 2018, and this is when um i got like really really into it just because i was around people that were all like sub 245 marathoners um predominantly women and then like the men's team they were all like under 230 and there was a handful of people under 220 and so i was like okay if i if this is what if i want to grow i need to be around like just the right kind of people um and so you know these are all people that work nine to five full-time jobs and then they're making time to come out five in the morning um, on weekdays just to run together and do workouts so it's here where I started getting hit with like vo- like the true volume in terms of workouts like 4400s 2800s um like hour-long tempos and I'm just like oh wow okay I guess this is just what you need to do to like get over the hump of, um mile 20 right or mile mile 18 and onward um and so you know you start training with these people that have run under 245 and then you just start believing like okay like if i'm in them with them in workouts why can't i do that in a race and you know they start telling you that like yo matthew you're here like this should be like you deserve to be here and like start thinking like that so um you know but i'm sure Mike, you know this, like anything, like you could be a, you could train great, but on race day, you could be a head case. That's what my old coach used to say, where you just, you know, you let the nerves control you and you, you can't perform the way that you want. So, um, as much as I enjoyed training, um, the race, it it meant a lot to me to see like, okay, like what can I do now? And so in 2018, I did Chicago again and um I raced with my team this time. Like I had Shireen the Gem, um Eric Seelbach, uh, who else? Lauren Curgis. We we all like raced together. And um I, I broke 240. I hit a 238. So like within one year, I went from 258 to 238. Like that that kind of growth doesn't make sense to me. And so from then it's like, oh, well do you think you can break 230 do you think you can run a 115 half like i don't know it just keeps building right so you you just oh like another floor has been unlocked in your head and you're like okay well i did all of that i'm very grateful that my body can uphold all of what i'm asking it but now i'm ready to try for more right so um i ran boston in 2019 that was, uh, that was difficult. (laughs) Um, let's see, what was that 2019 it rained really heavily in the morning as we were like driving up to Hopkinton and, um, and then it just got really humid. And then I I don't know, I just blew up actually at mile 20. And then I actually used, you know, I used that race to say like, okay, like I really want to PR again this year. I think I'm going to do Chicago. Meanwhile, I already signed up for New York in November. So I was like, okay, I'll just make New York, the the victory lap or like the fun run. So I, I trained again on the same team. Um, 2019 I did Chicago again. And then I ran a two thirty four, um, which is my, my current marathon PR. And then um, I ran New York, which I, I still think is probably one of the most fun marathons I've ever did just because there was no pressure. Right? It was just like pure fun. And I think that's when you probably run the best when not to say there needs to be like, a you need to care, but at the same time, like you still need to enjoy it at the same time. So I'm trying, that's like what I've been trying to grapple with this past year and this current cycle of just what is like the fine line of, are you having fun? And are, are you enjoying it and like making sure it doesn't feel like a job versus like something you want to do on a day-to-day basis?
0: And that's one of the questions that you know I was I was thinking about when you you joined the group. I was you know trying to wonder is like how did you balance, you know, trying to reach those goals and then making sure you're having fun and then also making sure it didn't you know become a grind.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, to be to be honest, like I got really engrossed um, just like with my my friends are just like my teammates that became my friends. Right. And so like, I just, I I looked forward to seeing them on a, you know, two times a week. Um, and it just felt like we were hanging out. Of course we're, um, working really hard, but I think, you know, shared hardship over a long period of time creates like the best bonds, I think. So, and I think, you know, to train for a marathon successfully, you need, you need help. Um, excuse, excuse me. And so, it never really felt like a grind, and I, I just looked forward to running with people. And I remember, like the first practice, um, like, I, I finally we did, we did a track workout together, and I just like, it sucked. Like it was not to say it sucked; it was difficult. But like I smile a lot when I run, just because like it makes me really happy to know that like I'm working with people again, and like this is something that excites me. So. Um, definitely one of those like Elliot Kipchoge things where it's like, Oh, just smile and you'll learn to enjoy it. So.
0: Yeah. That's, that's something I definitely try and remember during races, but you know, you've run enough (laughs) marathons to know it's not easy all the time. (laughs) No, absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. So you said this, so this training block has been trying to, you know, make sure you're having fun. Do you think you're you're about what halfway through. Yeah. So, so you, do you think you're like uh, accomplishing that goal so far or is it something you're just going to continuously work on?
1: Um I think that's uh, it's a process for for that. Um but I would say it's gotten a lot better. Um I think this is one of the seasons that um I'm actually I'm moving to Boulder in February and this is like one of the main hubs, running hubs of the U S like that and Flagstaff. Right. And so this is the kind of year that I'm going all in on running and whatever that means to you, but, or to anyone, but for me, that means just training in a place that setting myself up where like, this is the time that I can chase my dreams because I'm not tied down to anything currently. So how far do you want to take it? and I'm I I feel like we're so used to hearing like you should be um, you know multifaceted and enjoy other things, which is true I, I I can agree with that statement for the most part, but I think it's really amazing as well when someone's really really good at one thing and just I'm, I'm trying to make running look as effortless as possible, even though I know there's turmoil on the inside, but just like learning how to just sit and like weave through the pain versus like avoiding it. Um, so yeah, I know there's a, that was a lot right there, but, um, like making the life really simple. Like I'm just trying to like take things, um, the small things, uh, just be grateful for the small things and just see what kind of running I can produce with this kind of, um, like like simple lifestyle
0: no i I think that's that's an interesting way to look at it, and it's definitely I think especially for i mean we're both you know more so casual runners, but I think for us being casual runners, it's interesting to be like, yeah, uh you know what for now, I'm just gonna try and be really good at this one thing because you know we're not professionals and we're not making money from this sport, so It's interesting to hear you say, yeah, you know what, for now, I'm just going to do this one thing and see how good I can get at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, Mike, I don't want to say I'm going to be a professional, but like the ultimate dream would be to like, be like semi or like hybrid. If I can get down into the two twenties, or maybe even like in the low, like (laughs) knock on wood, like low or high, um, to like 19 break two twenty, 20 like why not why why can't i do something like that and so i don't know I, i'm just trying to set myself up for the best possible chance um to make a dream like that come true so
0: um yeah i don't i don't yeah. see why not i i love that i love that you're going for it and you're just like whatever happens happens
1: yeah no no absolutely
0: Uh, So when you head out to Boulder, are you going to be coached by somebody? You you joining your group? What's what's that going to be like?
1: Yeah. So um, I actually within like the first week that I moved here back in 2020, I joined um, Boulder Track Club um, and the coach is Clint Wells, who's a former like CU runner back in the late 90s. And then that's like the primary team that I train with. So I've been with them for a year. The first practice, you know, um, we up here. It's it's we're training at elevation, right? So it's above five thousand feet. And the first time running over uh, eight miles, like we're over Boulder by the reservoir, where like a lot of just professionals train. And there was just one hill that just broke me. Excuse me, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I think I'm gonna hurl. And I, I legit puked <laughs> after like mile six. Cause like I couldn't run faster than eight minute pace and everyone's like, Oh, who are you? Who's this? Who's this person? And I'm like, I literally can't talk. I, I can barely breathe running up here. And you guys are asking me all these intricate questions about where I'm from and what do I like to do? And I'm just like, can you guys just go ahead? <laughs> and it, it took me a while just to get used to running at this altitude. Cause it's a big difference. I, I never believed it would make that much of a difference, but it does after you train here for quite some time. Um, And so, yeah, I have a coach. I have a really solid team that I train with. And there's a group of us that are all sub, you know, 235 runners, 240 runners, and we're all just trying to get better um, a year at a time.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. An old, uh, you, you never got to meet him cause he's been out in Boulder for a while now, but maybe you have now, but Aaron Kleiman, he, I know he's um, running with Boulder track club. I don't know if you all have met at all.
1: Uh, I literally ran with him this morning for our workout
0: <laughs> uh, and uh, was, such an awesome guy.
1: Yeah. No Wait. How do you
0: know him? He, he used to live here and he ran with uh fleet feet a lot. And then he's been out in Boulder. Oh. I want to say for like six years, maybe. It's been, oh it's been gosh. a while, but yeah.
1: I'm going to have to tell him. <laughs> I'm For have sure. To tell yeah.
0: Him. We we keep in contact every so often. And I've seen him at CIM a few times, but I didn't get to see him this year.
1: Oh yeah. He was, he just raced it. That's so fun. I legit did a workout with him this morning um, <laughs> on the roads. So that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It, nice.
0: That's like one of the things I love about, I've just gotten to love about the running world is you know, all the people that we meet and then we're somehow connected by because I don't know, right. it's just a sport that seems to bring people together.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like most of the people there in Boulder, I mean, in just Denver, frankly, because that's where I live currently. Um, we're all transplants. And so you meet, it's very rare that you meet someone that's a native and, you know, we're all looking for something or just, a, you know, a new page. Right. So I think, when you go over there to Boulder and you're like, Oh yeah, we're here for running. We're here just because of the the lifestyle, just because there's so much to do all year round, whether it's in the in the summer or right now in the winter, everyone's skiing and snowboarding, but you're also running at the same time. So it's like, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do today? <laughs>
0: all right. So let We've, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to just ask formally, as you know, you kind of diving into a big running goal of yours, uh, how are you balancing, you know, your, you know, normal life and then your running life to, but, you know, to make sure things stay, you know, balanced and smooth.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, I'll just preface the. Um, I I only have one family member out here, Leslie, and then most of my family is based in, um, Illinois. So this was the first time for me to like move away from home. Um, I'm Filipino. So Filipinos usually stay together. (laughs) And so, um, moving out here was a really big choice. Um, and so that was difficult to get used to in terms of just like being on your own and learning how to manage yourself and, like no one's going to save you type of feeling. Um, And so you're asking, how do I balance? So now that I'm running close to 80 miles a week, there's not that much time that in between, right? So like I'll run in the morning and then if I need to double, I'll I'll run after work. Um, Thankfully I can, I have a hybrid model where I can work from home some days, but um, you know, it's, it's very regimented in, in the sense that I'm in bed by nine to get up by five to do whatever I need to do in the morning to run. And then I'm at work by seven and then I'm done at four 30. And so I'll, if I need to run after that, um, I will, but if I don't, it's nice just to have a couple hours to like unwind, read, listen to music, podcasts, uh, catch up with friends. Um, that's like the main way I feel like I stay, um, balanced, just a lot of reading. And I like talking on the phone with people uh, shocker. <laughs> and I also like, um, writing letters. So I, I, I do that on a periodic basis.
0: That's so cool. Uh, I, one of my friends, uh, has been writing me letters. Like she's like, she bought like one of those like mobile homes with her husband and she like sends oh, me postcards nice. from where they are. So I think that's awesome that you do that.
1: Oh, it's fun. I, I think it's, it's difficult. Um, Um, how do I say this when you get something in the mail that's not like a bill or your college asking for a donation um (laughs) um, it's just it brings like a different kind of joy because you're like wow someone you know took the time to think about me and it just wasn't like a text or like an email it was their handwriting and I don't know it just it traveled physical distance to get to you and I find that just a like a lost art in in a sort of way
0: yeah. I love written notes and I love writing notes for people. So I'm, I'm fully on board with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I get um, that. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. So you, it's nice that you, you, it's nice that you found like a routine that works for you and you're, you just stick with it and I, to help keep your life, you know, kind of in order.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you need to write in a way. Cause like, if if you don't have some sort of schedule, you're going to feel lost, right? Like if you're just doing things at random and now that I have these types of goals, I'm just trying to like fall in love with the mundane or just like the simple tasks of, you know, making your bed, like the warmth of your cup of tea after a run, like just like the small things that you put on like a nice warm sweater after being outside in the cold. Cause we're tra- winter training right now. So I don't know. I- I'm trying to, just be grounded as much as possible and stay like you know keep up with family and I think one of the main things you know the whole thing of you know distance makes the heart grow fonder like I'm closer with my family now now that we're away and I don't know just all the the nuances of growing up and seeing your family your parents get older and your brother siblings you know having kids and it's just it's just different I think just I mean I know everyone's going through that right but adulthood isn't exactly what I pictured it to be when I was 18. <laughs> so, um, just managing all those life challenges and trying to do the best that you can be the best person that you can.
0: Yeah. So, you know, what's it like being away from home? You said, you know, you've got, you have a cousin out there and, and, you know, you said you get a pretty tight knit family that you've gotten close to now that you're further away. So, Have you adjusted to it a little better? Is it still tough, you know, kind of being a lone wolf out there?
1: Um, It's gotten definitely a lot better. I think um, I just got so used to, like, even if we're not, this is, I'm talking about my parents. Even if we're not necessarily talking, just knowing someone's in the same vicinity as you or just like we're in the same house, like does a lot just to like your mental stability. So I think learning how to just be alone and just being your own thoughts is a skill um, that you just have to learn. Um, it's just part of adulthood, I think. And um, learning how to just pay for everything. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's it was a, it's been a struggle in the beginning, but it's just something you have to learn because because we have to. Right, I think it's just one of the things like we just have to keep on going. Um, and hopefully, you have people that you know love and support you. And I, I, do feel that for sure, um, from a distance and, you know, ever since I started running again, my parents have been to like almost every race that I've ever done and to know, and I understand that's like not normal, right? I feel like that's like a, a privilege where like my dad, my, my, I see my parents four to five times during the Chicago marathon and like, they they'll make the effort. And they came with me to New York. They came with me to, I ran Berlin back in 2018. And they're coming with me to, you know, to Tokyo. So, I don't know. It's nice when I can share my passion with people that, you know, also just want to see me be happy. Um, and I don't know, like I they never really like ran back, uh, when they were younger. Um, my, my parents are immigrants from the Philippines and I'm first generation, um, here. So, a lot of the things that I've learned from them, is just, you know, work hard and uh, like things will work out if you just keep working hard.
0: Yeah. And you're, I, start, I was going to say, I was going to say, you're, you're definitely, it seems like you're definitely living that motto, you know, especially from coming from your, your first marathon to, you know, your large goal it's <laughs> like, you're just, you're just doing your best to work hard and so far, you know, right. I mean, I wouldn't say so far, I would say, yeah, things are working out.
1: Sure. I mean, like, I I will admit like the, the time period between 2020, like the COVID years were just really bad. And like, that's where, I mean, I did join Fleet Feet. That's how we met in 2021, like the racing team. And I had a lot of like imposter syndrome of man, man, like, I'm not what I was back, you know, a year ago, two years ago. Um, What am I doing? Like, is this sport still for me? what am I doing? And so like, there's definitely highs and lows with the sport depending on what's happening. And I just didn't realize um, just how everything else in my life affected my running um, and vice versa. Right. So you definitely, like you said, you need the balance to make sure things are working correctly. All right. So
0: one of the things I, I do ask a lot is, you know, like some of what things people do for fun, like outside of fitness and you you mentioned books and letter writing is like is there a book that you're reading right now that you like or or that you want to read
1: a book that i'm reading right now um give give me a second um it's something i've already read in the past one of my best friends um kelly actually gave it to me um do you know it's it's called everything is fucked a book about hope i do have you read or have you seen i've, like I've heard
0: i've heard of it but i've never read it
1: the orange book where it's like the subtle art of not giving a shit oh is not it not that th-
0: is it that author it's,
1: it's it's that author it's like okay the yeah yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. like i'm reading um the follow-up version currently um and so that's something that i'm reading into right now um I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to grasp concepts from books and just like apply them to like normal life and running. Cause I'm trying my best. Cause like, I'm walking this fine line between, um, I know what I have to do in the day, but I'm not trying to force it. If that makes sense. And so like the way that I'm thinking about it is like, I'm just like falling into training versus like trying to break down a door. And just like accept that whatever I have to do today in terms of mileage or time, just enjoy that and like be okay with that. Um, and so there's that, sorry, that's like, a, that's not what you asked exactly. But um, and it's interesting how you meet friends here in, in Colorado. So like you could be on a hike by yourself and like, you can make friends just by, and those people will like invite you on more hikes afterwards. Cause it's like, why not? Cause everyone is just trying to have friends out here and make, um, cause no one's from here. Right. So everyone's just trying to be friendly. Um, and so it's a lot of all the friends that I've met have been almost random and just like, Oh, that's a friend of a friend that I know back from home. Oh, I have someone out in Colorado. You should meet that. You know we were classmates back in junior high or we're co-workers um you should go meet them for like a drink or something and i'm like okay sure why not and then like those people just become part of your circle
0: yeah no that's i mean that's all i know about you know denver and boulder really is like a lot of people just keep moving out there and so i'm like oh i have three friends out there link up try and link up with them
1: <laughs> right yeah no that's just kind of like how it works um and so When you ask people like, oh, how'd you guys meet? It's always this like intricate story and like it's never simple, but it's always fun. So there's a lot of there's a lot of Midwest people out here, matter of (laughs) factly. I don't know, yeah, like Illinois. It
0: it just seems to be a a big transplant city. So I think a lot of people just kind of migrate because they want to be outdoors and the sun's outside a
1: lot. Yeah, I, I will admit, Mike, I did not um fully appreciate um how much like how sun would affect how the sun would affect your like overall happiness. Because you know, we live in Chicago where you don't see the sun from I don't know, November October, November through March. And so when people mention like, oh, I have seasonal depression and growing up, I'd be like, What's that? Like that this is just how it is. Like it's just dark. You're you're fine. But like I moved here, and I'm like, oh, it's another great day. It's sunny. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want? To, what do you want to do? And so, like, I, I remember coming back the first time to Chicago for the Shamrock Truffle in March of last year, and I, it was gloomy and raining. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so it's a thing. It's definitely a thing.
0: Um, I guess a final a final question I have, or you know, maybe a couple, one or two more is, yeah. So for Tokyo like what's what's kind of do you have a time like what you know have you thought about what happens if you like don't exactly hit the goal you want or you no know, next steps after that
1: so the goal for Tokyo um it would be like a low 230 um I didn't get to tell you how Chicago went last year just because it was like I raced half of it and then like I the, the next half was a celebration but like, I hadn't PR'd in a race since 2019. And so, you know, I ran a 113 and a half, and that was like huge for me. And like the experience that I had during um, it made it feel like, wow, this is what it just felt very effortless. And so for Tokyo, I'm aiming for, yeah, like a low 230. I think it's in my wheelhouse for sure to do. Um, and then if it, doesn't work or for that doesn't pan out, that's okay. I know the training is stacking and it just, my the day will come. I'm, And then uh, our team, there's going to be like 12 of us, I think doing Berlin next year. So I'll be, I'll be in Germany in September. So I'll be doing that.
0: That's awesome. I love that you, you've, you've found the community out there and you've got, you know, a couple of big, big goals to, you know, to get after.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, yeah, no, I can't wait. I, I booked the flight not too long ago. The hotel is ready. I'm just, uh, I just can't wait. I know it's going to be here before we know it. So looking forward to it. All right.
0: Uh, that's about all I've got. Um, uh, is there anything that you'd you know, like to say or add, but you know, I just also thank you for very much for taking time out of sure. your your night to do this.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I know, I know. There's some questions I we didn't get to really um, look at or just topics, but just one of them uh, was just like making the sport more diverse and Yeah, welcoming. for sure. Um, so the high school, the high school that I went to, um, it was like I would say a a forty, it's forty percent white, forty percent black and then like 20% like Hispanic and Asian. So like my cross country team was pretty diverse and I'm really grateful for that. And so I think at a young age, like I never realized just how um, homogenous the sport is because like I was just running with my teammates, right? It's not something we just like think about. And um, like our top runner was Hispanic. And then the next three guys are white. And then it's, me who's Filipino. And then it was, um, another white guy and and a black guy. So I don't know, like the team, it was nice. It it was, it was a good mixture. And like, uh, I'm sure you know this, like on the track team, um, majority of the sprinters, I feel like I don't want to sound very stereotypical, but they're, they're black as well. So, um, I don't know, you just get used to being around different kinds of people and that becomes normal. And so, it's only different when someone starts pointing it out. So like when I started marathon training or just like marathon running, I was like, Oh wow, this is actually, there's not that many people that look like me out here (laughs) and how, how could we do better? Right. So I think, I don't know how we can make the sport more appealing for the masses because there's no like action quote unquote, right. There's no contact. Um, so (sighs) I don't know. Maybe just offering it earlier in in grade school, or just having like the big marathons on TV more often. I don't. I don't know. It's difficult for me. Do you have any ideas on how to make it better? Just because uh, I know like Chicago, Chicago running is it. It is very diverse in general. It's a lot more diverse than most cities. Um, so I will admit that. Um, but yeah, do you have any ideas on how to make it better?
0: I, I think, you know, if honestly, if it were one of the ways I think it would be easier if it were easier to watch on TV, I think that would be amazing. And I wish that the, some TV outlets wouldn't treat it like, you know, oh, people aren't going to watch full marathons. You know, guess what? Some people do. <laughs> we will, we want to see right. the action and, you know, don't cut away at major points. Um, Right. I I think your point of offering it earlier is also good, but I'm also conflicted about that point just because, you know, that's good, but we've also seen the bad side of running and what happens when certain coaches or parents or, you know, people just get like too into it
1: early and it just creates burnout later. So sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like longevity, right. You're just thinking about how can we, make it more open, but still think of it long-term.
0: At the yeah. Same time. So, so I think those are, those are two ideas to start because, you know, it's, it's way easier to watch. I know these sports make more money, but baseball, basketball, football, it's, it's on everywhere. And, you know, you can buy packages to to watch, you know, like NBA league pass. I have NBA league pass. I can watch any NBA team I want on a nightly basis. You know, it's yeah much harder to do that with running and, I, I think it would be also nice if some of these running outlets work together to create a more watchable product. Cause to be honest right now, it's not really watchable in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I, I feel like maybe you could relate to this Mike, but um, I don't know. I, I felt like the whole exposure and just making it more diverse wasn't really a big thing until 2020. And so I don't know. Like, I, growing up, my parents are always saying, you know, just work hard and the good things will happen. And so, I don't know, the way I, I look at running is should you care about what I look like? And can you just like respect the effort that I'm putting forth? But I understand that comes with like certain privilege too, right? Like if you're, if you keep putting yourself in competition or just athletic arenas, um, maybe you just accept the fact that that's how it is and you just focus on the performance rather than the surface level of it. Does that make sense? I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of the situation. I'm just, I don't know. I'm trying to focus on um, the effort that you put forth rather than the presentation. Cause like, if you just make it, if you just make it solely on like, okay, we need to make it more diverse, but like, do these people even care that they want to be out there running? Like, I don't know. I, I, it's it's a difficult topic to grasp, but I'm I'm trying to I don't know I, I just try to make it really sim- keep it really simple because I feel like that's what people should care about like the kind of effort that you're putting forth and the growth that you're showing and everything else is honestly fluff <laughs> in in my opinion in my no opinion. I I, I do under
0: be- I do understand what you're saying but it's, I think it's also very important to just keep those doors open for you know people oh, yeah. who don't always feel welcome just like hey whenever you you're ready or you want to become a part of this we are going to gonna welcome you with open arms
1: oh no abso- absolutely yeah i agree um, i don't know i just think there's definitely been a big shift on uh, like what what is important in running in the past couple of years i mean with a good reason but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, judging, like juggling, are you here for like the photos and like the the clout? Or are you here because you want to like run and enjoy the sport and um, be with people that also like fitness? I don't know. I'm sure you've experienced or run into people like that as well. And you're just like, what What are you doing here?
0: No, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, you see it, if you're on Instagram, you see it. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> right
0: I mean, no, it's, I it's hard not to call out so i i understand what you're saying and it's it's kind of one of those things where it's an ever-changing landscape and i it's you know instagram influencers are just one of those things that you know some are good some are bad and but for now it's it's kind of one of those things that's here to stay
1: yeah no i get it for sure um well i, I think that's it mike i appreciate your time. I feel like I I talked the majority of it. I'm sorry. I just feel like once I start talking about this, I am really, really passionate about it. I just kind of keep going. No, it's, I I appreciate you listening.
0: Of course, man. It's, it's awesome that you are passionate about it just, and it allows me to listen and ask questions, ask more questions. So that's (laughs) super helpful to hear your thoughts so I can think about my own and, and ask questions and, you know, a variety of ways. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks again for doing this and then, uh, have a good rest of your night. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Talk to you have later. Have a good one. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join me, Matthew. We'll be rooting for you in Tokyo as you chase down your dream times. Thank you all for listening. Don't be afraid to DM me a guest suggestion as well. Don't forget to follow me at keeping pace on IG. Thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you soon.